0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of the TDI Podcast. This is the official first T&I Podcast episode of season three, kicking it off with a little bit of a different. Uh, atmosphere a little bit of a different background here um man thank you guys so much for following thank you so much for listening anybody that supported me to this point i'm a little uh, about a year into this i cannot thank you guys enough i've been having a ton of fun with this and um i'm gonna try something a little bit new this time so we're gonna we're gonna experiment with a different format i hope you guys like this um i'm gonna try to shorten down the podcast episodes to 20 or 30 minute increments and then uh, I'm still going to be doing interviews with people. I'm going to post the full-length interviews with all my guests on my YouTube channel. So if you guys want, go check out the t i podcast on YouTube. Yeah, you guys can search either T It High Podcast on YouTube or you can hit at Tea High Podcast 8385 and that'll go directly to my YouTube channel. But if you guys want to watch the full length interviews that I have with my guests throughout the rest of this year, they are all going to be over there. So that's where you need to go check them out. I will put a link in the description. If you're listening to this right now, you can just click and go right over there. So again, thank you to everybody that supported me. Thank you for everybody that's listening to this episode right now and let's get into it. This weekend was insane, man. We had the Century Tournament of Champions. There's been a lot of golf going on the last couple months. This is the last year the PGA Tour is doing their wraparound schedule. So, starting next year in 2024, you're not going to see an inaugural. PGA event to kick off the year until this particular event, the Century Tournament of Champions, is going to be the very first event for the 2024 season, and they're going to start doing calendar seasons again. So from January to December, and that's it. Um, I'm a little excited about that. I think the wraparound schedule was kind of dumb, and and I, it was an experiment, and they they let it run for a while. But honestly, I think they needed to do away with it sooner, and I'm glad that they're doing it now. So awesome, good on you PGA Tour. Century Tournament of Champions, man. It looked like it was going to be the most boring finish on a Sunday imaginable. Colin Morikawa was going into Sunday 24 under par. I think the next closest person to him was six strokes back. This man had like a five or six shot lead going into the last day. Then he gets on the front nine. He makes three birdies on the front nine. So he's at... 27 under par. He's got an astronomical lead. He went all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, didn't make a single bogey, and then he goes all the way through 13 holes on Sunday without a bogey. So this man went 67 holes in a golf tournament with some of the best players in the world playing, not making a single bogey, and on the last day of the tournament... He gets to hole number 14 and just absolutely implodes. 14, 15, 16, he goes bogey, 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 loses three strokes. Meanwhile, John Rahm, who started at 17 under par, seven strokes back from Colin Morikawa at the beginning of the day, who also bogeyed his first hole, just went on an absolute terror after that first hole and was just draining putts left and right, beautiful tee shots, putting himself in the best positions to attack flags. The whole day, John Rahm just goes 10 under par, shoots one of the lowest rounds of the week on the final day of the tournament, finishes at 27 under par, and beats Colin Morikawa by two strokes to take the title at the Century Tournament of Champions this year. I was not anticipating that whatsoever. It was insane. Really great finish to what I thought was going to be such a boring weekend in golf. But, man, John Rahm was just putting on a clinic on Sunday. And I'm going to tell you right now, I saw a stat today that said the last – However, many rounds, I think if you took like the last eight or nine rounds that John Rom has had and you put it into the gin app to try to figure out what his handicap was, would be, he'd be like a plus 13 handicap based off of his most recent performances. I mean, he is just playing absolutely lights out right now. I think uh, a couple months ago, I think he won an event on the European tour, uh, DP World Tour out in Europe. So, I mean, he's just playing great freaking golf. Great golf. And uh, congrats, dude. Congrats, John Rom. Great start. All right, you guys, we're going to take a break from talking golf here for a second. I'm going to give you guys a clip from my interview with Abby Kowal. She's an amazing young woman out of Texas. I was fortunate enough to meet her this year in Orlando during the Create Tours event, the Flamingo Invitational. Um, So funny great golfer she's been playing golf for less than two years and just absolutely infatuated with the game so here's a clip from my conversation with abby kowal i hope you guys enjoy this and then we'll get back into a quick preview of what's coming up next week enjoy yeah but then you cracked open that coors light and it
1: changed the game love a good coors (laughs) (laughs) ansley always laughs at me i'm like love a good coors light (laughs) but yeah I, i i I'm working on that.
0: I also think that's an unfair thing for women as well. And not just in the world of golf, but just in general, that if you're a guy in a group setting and you have a dry sense of humor like that, people just think you're the funny dude in the group. And you're just, people just expect that you're not really being serious that you're just kind of like having fun or like talking crap.
1: Yeah.
0: But as a woman, you automatically just get portrayed as a bitch.
1: Yeah. I...
0: My sister, my sister deals with that all the time. Really? She's, She's incredibly funny and she can, honestly, she can like adapt to any situation and she can read people. She can, she can fit into any kind of scenario. Right. But she can be very dry sense of humor. She can be, you know, competitive. If people around her being competitive, she can like blend into that. But, but that's what she gets a lot is people are like, why is she just being a bitch? And it's like, it's so unfair that women get You guys get the short end of the stick on so many different things. It's not even funny.
1: And usually it's like, I'll make a comment to someone I don't know. And right away I'm like, that was a joke. Like, I hope you know that was a joke. So I don't, it doesn't go on for a long time, but I also don't want to have to be like, I I was kidding after everything I say. It's funny because I actually take that into the dating world, like on these dumb apps that I shouldn't even be on, but I'll like start a conversation and, just kind of shit on the person or like say some joke that's super could be super rude on text or whatever and then the second I know okay he gets it he'll respond back and like give it right back to me and I appreciate that I know it's harder over message obviously to know but I don't know I I'm also an overthinker so I overthink everything and that's part of the reason why it's like should I say that should I not um well, now you're overthinking it, so just keep your mouth shut, and smile and move on. It's just, you know, that's what therapy's for.
0: No <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shout out my therapist. She's a real one.:
0: How often do you go to therapy?
1: Uh Once every other week.:
0: Is that something that you've always done, or was that something that you just started doing more recently?
1: No, I went through a pretty dark period of life uh, after I graduated college, when I moved moved to Dallas, just, I think I was a bit lonely being away from home and it's, you're in the real world all of a sudden after you've been like partying for four years and with your friends 24 seven. And it was a very hard transition for me. And that's when I realized, and I've, I've dealt with, I mean, general anxiety disorder my whole life. So anxiety has always been big in my life, but it never got to a point where I was like, I think I might need to talk to someone. And when I started feeling the depression side of things, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't want this to rule my life, take action. So I found a therapist in Dallas and, um, went to her weekly for three years and then stopped for a while, went back. And then I went through a breakup, started back weekly again cause it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I need to work on for myself, just self-worth and stuff like that. And did that for a while. And now I go every other week just because it's consistent and it helps and it works for me. And I tried going once a month and I just needed twice a month and that's what it's at right now. And I love it. Like I, I think everyone needs a little bit of therapy.
0: If you're okay with it, I kind of want to talk more about that mental health side of it. What was, yeah? was there like an aha moment where you just kind of realized shit, man, like I feel depressed or I seem depressed. Like, how did you come to terms with that?
1: I come from a very tough family, so it was never like, not they're the most amazing people ever, but it was just never really like a thought that I would have depression or I would feel depressed. So it never really occurred to me. I think when I started noticing, I like, wouldn't leave my room all day. Like the little signs like that. I'd keep like my windows closed and my lights off and sit in my room all day. Wouldn't it be social. I'd call my parents crying every other day. Like they were driving to Dallas twice a weekend to make sure I was okay. And cause I was lonely and you know, which I feel I feel bad about that because I think I put a lot on them at the time, but they're just the most amazing. My parents are the most amazing people ever, but when it got to the point, it was like altering my life in terms of socially and I didn't work out and fitness has always, always been a huge part of my life. Um, that's when I was like, I need, I need to figure something out here. And there was a little bit of shame behind it. Cause you don't want to admit it. But when I knew something, I, I just knew something was off deep down and I hit it for a while or pushed it down. And like I said, when, I, when it started really affecting people around me and myself, that's when I was like, okay, something needs to change.
0: That's um, Man, I don't even know if I have the right word for that, but I feel like it takes so much courage to be able to acknowledge it in the first place, and then to be able to actually do something to, to help yourself pull out of that. You know what I mean?
1: It's the hardest part about it. You don't want to admit it. And I think now the world in general does a lot better about mental health in terms of not making it seem like it's a shameful thing to go through. I think there's still obviously that happening, but even five years ago, six years ago, I don't feel like it was as big as a topic that many people talked about until the past few years. So there was definitely shame behind it, but yeah, it, it, it it's hard to admit, but I think that's the hardest part about mental health is taking that first step. And then once you get through that first step, you see like the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, wait, okay. I took the the hardest step there is now, now let's move on and, you know, work, work towards getting better.
0: Yeah. You, um, you used to do modeling for a little while, right?
1: I, I dabbled in it, but not like I wasn't ever with an agency or anything.
0: Okay. It's not like doing that caused any kind of the mental health issues. It was.
1: No, I think a lot of it stemmed from um, just like my own self-worth, not feeling pretty enough, not feeling deserving of anything. Like I never, I could win the biggest award in the, in the world at, in my sorority or in college or whatever. And I wouldn't feel deserving of it. Like I never looked at myself in the way my parents looked at me. And my mom always said, Oh, this could make me cry talking about it. But she's so great. She's was, she's was always like, "We just want you to see yourself how we see you." And I just never did. And that was my biggest hurdle. I would just shit on myself nonstop, like the littlest things. And then that just eats you up. And then you start comparing yourself to others. And I think I I went through a phase. Gosh, I've deleted so much on Instagram, but I which a lot of girls did, but over filtering every picture you take because you're looking at this girl who's prettier than you and looking back, back, it's so embarrassing. I'm like, how did no one call me out for this? Like, it's clear my ear is like over here because I shrunk my face. But <laughs> it's it's a sad reality that still happens. And I can't even imagine what these young girls go through now. I mean, in middle school, even in high school, I think my senior year of high school is when Instagram came out. We didn't have Snapchat yet, not until college. We had Twitter and Facebook, and that was bad enough for me, let alone having TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, all these new apps. I I can't imagine like what, where I would be right now if that was the case when I was growing up. But it's also, you know, I, I think I was put on this earth to go through a lot in my life to give back one day. And so it's been a brainstorming process, but I'm trying to find ways to help girls go through similar stuff I went through and I wouldn't take back what I went through or what mental health issues I had or whatever for the world, because I'm hoping I can make a difference one day and help other girls that are going through the same thing.
0: That's awesome. And to be and like, if you hadn't experienced what you've experienced to this point, you wouldn't be who you are right now either. Absolutely. And so that's gotta be, you know, that's gotta be something to hold on to as well.
1: Yeah. And it's been a huge, every time I think of something bad that's happened in the past or whatever situation I was in or a relationship I was in, it's like, okay, but all that, what you just said made me who I am today. And I can confidently say like, I turned 28 in February. I am the most confident, secure person that I've been ever. And I don't feel like I need a guy or a relationship to feel worthy or which is how I felt in the past or like, I don't feel those things anymore. And I'm very happy just like with who I am and I think once you realize that it, within yourself, gosh, the world is yours. It's like now, now I can enjoy life how I should be.
0: Yeah. I think that's the one thing. So there's a little, there's an age gap between us, right? Because I'm 39, so I'm, let's just say 10 years older. And I didn't have, like when I was growing up at your age in high school, like we didn't have social media at all. I mean, MySpace didn't even exist until I was in college. Yeah. You know, and the smartphone didn't exist until I was in college for crying out loud. What a
1: dream. What a dream.
0: You know what I mean? So like, but to be, so here's where I think the difference is the same things that you're talking about with like body image and filtering images that you're putting on Instagram and Snapchat and stuff like that. Those are the same body image concerns that girls had when I was a kid growing up but they did it because of like Vogue magazine yeah or models in Cosmopolitan right or like actresses on TV and those yeah. those photos being doctored so much and photoshopped so much to make these women just look like impossibly attractive right yeah but I will say that with social media that mindset of trying to look like somebody else was magnified to an immeasurable scale in my opinion. Yeah. Because you're bombarded with it every minute of every day. It's immediately in front of your face. You know, if you had a magazine subscription, you would get one magazine a month. Right. Or you'd go to a newsstand and you would see it, or you'd be at the doctor's office and you'd see it or you'd be at your friend's house and you'd see it, but you wouldn't see it the second you woke up and the second before you went to sleep. Right. And so I think that's just such a that's a scary thing to think about. Um.
1: And there are accounts and stuff that are making it easier, I think, like more unfiltered content or whatever. But that's what I'm saying. like as a young girl right now, I just could not imagine and and for me, like the the outside image, it was it was definitely prevalent. like obviously, I filtered my photos too much and all of that, but mine was way more internal view of myself in terms of self-worth and all of that rather than my physical image. But it's hard to avoid the physical image when that's all you're exposed to all the time. Yeah. So maybe, maybe mine, this is therapy, maybe mine started internally and then you just like subconsciously now are comparing yourself to others online because of social media
0: I think it, I think a good way to think about that is that it's an internal concern that you have, right? Like you're putting that pressure on yourself. Then when you see the external things around you, it helps you to justify in that moment why you have the thought in your head internally.
1: Right. That totally makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I don't know. It's just a experiencing the shift, like the real shift this year, I think was probably mine a few months ago has been mind blowing to me. Like everything in my life has changed in, for the better since that something shifted. <laughs> and now it's like, I don't care about that stuff anymore. Like, obviously you still see it and it's like, Oh, that's a cute outfit. I wish I had that, but it's not, I'm ugly. I don't deserve this. I'm not doing this well enough. It's just a, such a different mindset now. And I really hope everyone going through stuff can experience that at some point and feel that they are worthy. They are deserving. They're a beautiful human being in every way possible. And it just it'll it changes your life. Yeah. But also you have to go through some really hard shit to get there a lot yeah. of times.
0: Man, I hope you guys really enjoyed that clip with Abby. She's so awesome. It was such a great time talking to her. Um, We had a full conversation that lasted about two hours. If you guys want to go listen to that entire conversation that I had with Abby and learn more about her and what she's got going on in her life, run on over to my YouTube channel. Full video is available right now. You guys can download that and watch it. Um, I appreciate all the support you guys can get. I'm really trying to progress the podcast and i'm really trying to take this to the next level this year in 2023 and i hope that this is going to help do that so please like i said go over to my youtube channel t at high podcast go search it out and uh go check that out but coming into this week we have the next tournament this weekend is the sony open it is a uh, Wailea country club in hawaii This is the two-week span where we have the Century Tournament of Champions and the Sony Open in the same two weeks in Hawaii. It's just an incredible time of year to be on the islands. Uh, January in Tennessee is gray and gloomy and cold and rainy and misty and snowy, and I I would love to be anywhere but here during January. So really jealous of these guys getting to play golf in Hawaii right now, but they're going in this weekend. Hideki Matsuyama is going to be the defending champion. And we've also got some big names coming out there. Tom Kim is going to be there. Sung Jae-in, Adam Scott, Russell Henley, Jordan Spieth, Billy Horschel, to name a few. JJ Spawn. JJ Spawn just had a great Sony or a great Century Tournament of Champions. I'm really looking forward to seeing who's going to win. Um, Adam Svensson is going to be playing. Congrats to Adam Svensson getting his first PGA tour win earlier in the season. It was actually at the end of 2022, but because of the wraparound, it was part of this season. Uh, Adam made his debut at the century tournament of champions this past week. Um, didn't have the week that I'm sure he wanted to, but to be honest, man, anytime that you can go play at that event, it means that you won an event prior to it and so that's always a huge honor Um, hopefully adam can turn it around go a little bit lower this week i think he finished second to last place at the century tournament of champions but hey he's a brilliant professional golf took home a nice payday and uh it's a good way to start 2023 so adam good luck to you man i hope you do good I am gonna make a prediction and say Tom Hoagie is gonna be the guy that wins this tournament. Tom Hoagie has been playing incredible golf. Tom Hoagie recently teamed up with Sahith Tagala in December, won the QBE shootout. Those two guys teamed up, played fantastic golf. He tied for third at the Century Tournament of Champions this past weekend, so he's playing at the top of his game right now. He's gonna be my pick to win Uh, next week at the Sony open. So I'm going to be cheering for Tom. Let's get it done. Let's get you another win, man, two wins in less than a month time frame. I think that'd be pretty fantastic if it were up to me. So a little different format. Like I said, guys trying to keep these a little bit shorter. I hope you enjoyed the clip with Abby Kowal. If, uh, if you guys could do me a huge favor, please like subscribe to the podcast. Give me a five-star rating. Leave me a comment, leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Go check out my YouTube channel, T at High Podcasts on YouTube. You can watch some of the interviews that I've already posted. I will be continuing to post more and more um, interviews that I have on deck as well. But hopefully you guys enjoy the one with Abby first. And uh, I, thanks again, man. Go check me out on TikTok, T at High Podcast on TikTok. On Instagram, it's T underscore it underscore high underscore podcast. I know that's a pain in the ass. I apologize, but that's how I had to put it on there for the gram. Thank you again so much. I am so happy that you guys are enjoying what I'm doing and keep a lookout. I've got a ton of content coming to you guys later this year, Uh, beginning of May. I will be at the Gulf South Invitational in Southern Alabama, meeting up with some guys that I met through um, the interwebs on TikTok. And then... May 26th, 2023, this year, it's the Friday before Memorial Day, my wife and I are hosting our very first whole 18-hole scramble golf tournament. It'll be here in Nashville, Tennessee at Henry Horton Golf Course um tickets are available here soon we're getting our website up to date right now it's going to have online registration for it but i can tell you guys right now we're going to have backswing golf events out there doing a beat the pro contest on the closest to the pin for par three and then we also have launch golf coming out with one of their 450 yard golf launching cannons uh to help you guys shorten down a par five and hopefully go low during the scramble tournament so Keep your ears and eyes open for more information coming soon. If you guys want to support my wife and I with our nonprofit, Helping Foster Children in Tennessee, you can go to New to you Charity. That's new, T-O-U, Y-O-U, charity.org. And you guys can donate through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo. Um, any donation that you guys send our way, 100 percent of all the proceeds that we get from funds raised go directly towards supporting foster children by providing housing food clothing and daily basic necessities Um, we are currently on a mission to create a scholarship foundation which is going to help provide college tuition for foster children that age out of the system so every single dollar is definitely going to help we greatly appreciate you guys i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope you enjoy the rest of your week Thank you so much. Have a good day.